Hello and welcome to the Talking Guitar Podcast, brought to you by the North American Guitar, the home of the world's finest guitars. In this episode, we caught up with the very talented and brilliant Ben Wilborn, talking about the inspiration behind his models, his philosophy as a builder, how he got into Lou 3, and of course, the stunning Aaron that's just arrived at Teaneg. And we also managed to squeeze in a little bit about Frog and Toad. I'm really is- good. I'm really good. Ben, I just want to say thank you so much for joining our Talking Guitar podcast. It's it's such a funny one. It's just really an excuse to have a Zoom call and have a have a chat. Nice. <laughs> Man, you look really well though. How, how have you been? I've been great. Um, you know, of course, the, the topic that's on everyone's mind is COVID and how it yeah. affected business and stuff like that. And um, I have been really lucky in that my business has been thriving. Um, and I don't know if this is, if you can tell me more than I would know uh, if this is across the board for guitar makers, but I guess with people being at home by themselves and wanting to sort of take the time to, you know, maybe uh, pursue things that they haven't had time to do otherwise, like improving their guitar skills, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need a new guitar. I don't know what it is, um, but I've been very, very busy. Well, um, that's I mean, really great to hear that. I, I mean, it's been a, yeah, it's been a bizarre time, definitely. I mean, I think that yeah. the um, the guitar, from what I found from speaking with, you know, doing these podcasts and t- chatting to luthiers and and colleagues, and yeah, the guitar business is in a is in a kind of a weird boom right now, um, which um, you know we're all very grateful for. But it's it's you know, it almost feels like it's. It's almost feels it almost feels like it's well deserved for all of the the fact that you know everybody's put so much love and attention and care and effort into what they do that um, people should be. It's great that people are now able to have that time at home and able to spend that time loving and learning and you know doing the thing that gives them joy, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree that uh, one would hope that life would afford us that luxury. Um, And also, I mean, just with the guitar, the like the boutique guitar industry in general has evolved to such an incredible high level in, you know, the last being, you know, for the fact that it didn't really exist more than 50 years ago. Yeah. And and then it, you know, then it was a few, you know, brave pioneers making guitars that weren't factory guitars. And, yeah. And it's evolved. And then after 2000, I think it's really exploded so much. And now the level of workmanship and the the amount of inventiveness and just sheer genius that's going into making these guitars. I think it is kind of deserved that, you know, the, the market is booming because people are producing unprecedented instruments. They're just so amazing. Oh, visually, sonically. Um, I mean, yeah, there is. And also the fact that the world is so small now with social media that you're constantly, we're in your world, you know, for for, for us mere mortals who aren't guitar builders, are just guitar fanatics. (laughs) You know, we, we get to look into your world and see, you know, see what you're creating and creating and um yeah it is amazing um but even in the even in the sort of 10 or 11 years that teenag has been going you know it's it blows my mind 
how it's how it's kind of developed and changed, especially if just from a content, you know, I remember doing our first sort of, um, just the first sort of run of videos that we would do and how, how now, you know, creating great content is at the forefront of everything. It is, it, you know, that is, that is, we're almost like a marketing company for your brands. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's how we- Well, do. yeah, I mean, and I, I think about the way you guys have grown uh, since I first, uh, was introduced to you, which had to be close to that a decade ago, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the website was small and, and now your, your website is like fabulous. It's like this giant, <laughs> it's huge. I mean, I haven't seen a quarter of it probably. And I've paged through it quite a bit. <laughs> well, it's good to know that you're rifling through the site. That's good. To, yeah. yeah. Good to know. <laughs> um, well, it was what I thought would be really great to do is because I know that we've we've only really met face to face a couple of times um right. and and it was actually i think it was at the lacona show um i met you at lacona yes yeah and you were so busy at that show it was ridiculous every time we tried to sort of get together to have a chat you had like four or five people around your table all the guitars had gone and you were like just play this lion just quickly play this lion before you go <laughs> And I remember playing it briefly. I was like, "Yeah, well, that's 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 blown my mind." Um, oh, but, nice um, to but 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 it's uh, you know, so it's nice for us to actually have some face to face time in this bizarre world that we're living in. Looking at yeah, screens all the time. yeah, agreed. So, so uh, what, what I wanted to ask was, just can you tell me a little bit more about how you got into Luthery? Like, what was your what were your first first steps into into this beautiful world that we're living in? Okay. Yes. Um, so I didn't, I didn't start building till I was 40 years old. And um, I know I look youthful and girlish now. I was going to say, you only look about 25 now. So <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> double that and add a bit. So um, yeah, I'm 52 years old. And so I've been doing this for 12 years. And um, I started because my wife had just given birth to our second child, little Ellie. And um, they were spending a lot of time, quiet time. And I work at home, I always have, because before I, was a, before I was a luthier, I was a cabinet maker and I worked out of my shop, which is in my house. Amazing. So I was here and I wanted to do something while they were um, having their sort of postnatal quiet time. And I've always wanted to, I had always wanted to build a guitar or some kind of instrument because I've been a, uh, musician my whole life, stringed yeah. instruments. Yeah. And um, so I bought a book and I made a guitar in that few week period. And it was like, it was like the angels sang. I just went, <laughs> this, is, this is so gratifying. And my first guitar was, I mean, it was a guitar and it played in tune and it was, but it was crude, you know, there was stuff I just didn't understand. And, um, but I knew that this is something I wanted to pursue. So here we were with my daughter and my son, who was a couple of years older. And I proposed to my wife that I quit my job <laughs> immediately and shutter my business, which was doing pretty well and start making guitars because everyone knows that if you want to get rich and be successful, you just get into Luthery and it's like that. So, um, but she was totally supportive and um, I just, 
you know, I, I shuttered my job like completely. I, I canceled my contractor's license. I canceled my insurance. I called all the architects I worked with and said, I'm done because I knew if I didn't, if I left myself a parachute, I would float down on it. So I yeah. just jumped and I'm so glad I did because, you know, it's, it's take, it, it took 10 years to get comfortable, but now I'm doing really well and knock on wood, which I have plenty of here. And, um, <laughs> And it's just progressed. It's been a lot of work, but it's been the best uh, decision I ever made in my life career-wise. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That is such a, that's the amazing thing, isn't it? If, if you hold on to that parachute, you, you, you're, you're never quite 100% vested, are you? There's just that tiny little bit. It's almost like that by, by keeping that going, you were, you were giving yourself that tiny little bit of doubt that it might right. not work. Whereas if you just, right. you know, head first, dive into it. I remember that I kind of had a, a, um, a similar crossroads with my music as well, that I got to a point where I was sort of in the shop five days a week, Monday to Friday, and then I was gigging Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we just had my, we had our, we had our daughter, Frida, and I was sort of worked four months back to back and just didn't have a day off. And then yeah. one day, I, I remember so when I was driving down from Glasgow, I was telling somebody else about this on a podcast, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, anybody that's listening, but, um, and I was driving down from, from Glasgow, I did a gig in this place called King, King Tut's. I was like, this kind of like eureka moment, like, what, what am I doing? This is, this is crazy, because you can never do something well if you're splitting your time, or if you're kind of, oh, I'm gonna do a bit of this and a bit of that, you've gotta be, you just have to be so dedicated to 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 what you're doing, um, and it's that's an amazing story to hear that you took that leap. And it also, it's amazing credit to your to your wife for for supporting you because you know the old expression, behind every good man there's a really great woman. Oh well, yeah, certainly. <laughs> my, if I qualify as the first, so um. Um, and, and you you actually you actually named your instruments after your children, didn't you? I did, but I ran out. I only have two kids. Yeah, two. <laughs> but I, I did the best. So I'll tell you, um, I had my first, my series of guitars that I call my period series. Um, I named the first one after Ellie. So I call it the Ellie Bell. And the yeah. second one I named the Lion, um, which I named after my son, Leo. Um, another guitar, which isn't quite in the series, but is, is uh, related. I named the Gloria after my wife. And then I had this big one and I named that the Patros for my father, you know? Amazing. And then I got to the last one and I couldn't think of a name that would, that would uh, reflect my mother because she was like the last one left uh, that I should name this for. And so I named it the Bantam because <laughs> it was my smallest guitar. So the one that was supposed to be named after my mother, I named after a chicken. So, um, but she took that, she took that pretty well. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I tried to keep the family in there. Um, when I that. went to the comma series, which is the guitar I'm largely building now, um, I took a completely different route on naming those. Yes, can you pronounce, I don't wanna, I don't wanna butcher it. The, it... So uh, it's called the Nautilus. So, so the Nautilus yeah. is- Is that as in nautical, like nautical lights, like nautical? Well, it's actually named, here, let me, let me grab one, um, in fact, this is um, 
This is oh. your guitar. This, this, oh. this is the one that's coming to the North oh. American guitar. Oh um, my gosh, look at that. And it's just hanging. It's just off, that, that lacquer is just off the gun. It still needs to be polished out and assembled, but it's built. And um, so I call these, this guitar, I call it the comma series um, because of the sound hole, you know, looks like a comma. So yeah. the, the whole, yeah. <laughs> and, and my, my regular round hole guitars, I call the period series. So sort of a, a joke, but it's it, but descriptive too. Um, all of these guitars I named, there's this, there's this curve here and it starts down here at the tail. Yeah. It goes into this arm bevel and then it swells out and returns into itself, sort of folds back down into the guitar. It's a very sculptural, um, smooth curve. And I, I tried to find, you know, there are, it's an interesting thing about curves. I'm not a math guy at all. So there are, there are mathematical formulas that describe curves like this in nature, like the Fibonacci series or the, the golden mean. Um, these are mathematical expressions of this shape, which is found in nature, um, which is this perfectly fair, beautiful curve. And so I named these instruments in the comma series after incidents of that I found in nature that also had like what I consider to be a really memorable and pretty name. So. Um, this one, for instance, is called the Arum, and this is named after the, the genus of flowers that are known as lilies are in the Arum genus. And there's actually an Arum lily, which is like this black, beautiful rose. It looks like a calla lily, but it's jet black. And it has these leaves and this curve in it. So that's where the name of the Arum came from. The Nautilus comes from the Nautilus shell with those yeah, ever expanding yeah. uh, rings. Uh, the Sidewinder, which is my 16-inch version of this, I was reminded of the marks left in the sand by a Sidewinder. And then the final uh, of the group is the Ibex, which is my smallest 12-inch little parlor guitar. And that's so named after the, the relative of the deer that has those really cool curves in its horns. So that's the sort of like slightly pretentious uh, source of my names for the commissary that's so cool though it's you're really integrating nature there's there's so much going on in that the whole nature of the wood nature of the curvature the mathematical sort of science behind it all that's um god that right did, well, you, did you take a lot of time to kind of did it was it a bit like a bug did you kind of when you thought oh this is interesting and then you're did you, did you come up with the, the design first and then look for naming it or was it more that you were? Oh no, the, the design came first. And in fact, the design, um, which I'm much more proud of than I am of the names, um, the design is a product of basically ceaselessly thinking about guitars for a decade. And when I say that, I'm, it's like not hyperbole, like I am, utterly obsessed with guitars and they're what I think about to the exclusion of, of many other things like uh, buying new shirts and sh shoes and stuff. Like I'm just totally obsessed with, with guitars. And um, I began to question whether I wanted to pursue making x guitars uh, anymore, mainly because I just feel like there's so many people doing it and it's, it's evolved to such a high level mm. of perfection that the differences that are being made uh, while maintaining the X 
paradigm, the X-brace paradigm, are so small and so hard to to distinguish and so hard to hear. Mm. Um, I was like, I and and I became disenchanted with the X-bracing for various reasons, which I either could get into or could not. I don't know how long we're supposed to go on this thing, but uh, the oh, the, the whole go. idea was, I, it suddenly came to me that I needed to chuck out that whole that whole paradigm and to start over with something new and. Um, that's where, that was like the seed of the, of the, uh, comma series. And it took me years to come up with it. Um, and when I finally got all of those things into integrated together on a, an initial, uh, prototype instrument, I was just like blown away. Oh, wow. And that's amazing. I feel like this has, uh, it's just changed the way I think about guitars. It's changed the way I think about what they're capable of. And so far, everyone that I've had play these instruments, like, agree with me. I haven't anyone had anyone go, well, that's stupid. Why would I get this guitar? I'm like, everyone's like totally amazed by how much volume and sustain and uh, overtone content and evenness these instruments have. Um, so I'm not going to be, I'm by no means trying to denigrate the X-Brace guitar or, or like repudiate its great long history. Um, but I found something that interests me more and that's the way I've been going. And in fact, as evidence of that, like I'm booked out basically two years right now and every single order I've got is for a comma series instrument. Uh, yeah, that, and, and also the, the most fascinating thing there really is you have to be pushing yourself all the time, don't you? You have to be looking for things that are going to inspire you on a daily basis so that whether it's not just the, um, the element of excitement with designing the instrument uh, or the beauty of the wood or the materials we're working with, but it is, it is pushing the boundary of what you can hear in your head that yeah, and, and that, I, and that I think for, for Luthier, from when I talked to you, amazing, craftsman um it's something that blows my mind that you start completely naked with something and every single every single minute that you work on that instrument there is this there must be this level of passion and excitement of, of wondering well what's it going to look like what's it going to sound like what's it going to play like how's that person going to feel emotionally when they're playing for the first time amazing yeah. yeah and it's a it's a a process of refinement too i mean I feel like I've, um, I've got so much work ahead of me, so much potential, because to me, like repeating the same thing over and over is not interesting. Like finding something and saying, "Oh, that's that's perfect. I'll just just do that again." I'm I'm now that I've got the comma series pretty much delineated. Now I'm working on refining and just finding these little little details that will dial in aspects of the tone that I'm, I'm interested in working on. And that's where like, it really, it really behooves me that I'm a player um, because I, you know, I work in the shop all day building them and then almost without fail, I spend about an hour playing every night. Um, usually the gu guitar that I've just built and this gonna go out. And I'm, I'm really, because I've spent so much time in my life um, being a musician and you know, training my ear and 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 sort of developing a um, an acuity for tone, um, it gives me a target 
to I listen and I go, okay, yeah, I I, like, I want a little more mid range here. Why why is the B string speaking so much louder than the E string? You know all these things, and I you just sort of integrate this. And as I mentioned before, I'm not a math guy. I don't use mathematical formulas or anything like that to to produce my results. I'm much more intuitive and and hands on. But um, the the process of doing that, the process of refinement, is as exciting to me as like the giant sweeping um, institution of a new design. So yeah. that's what I mean when I say I've got a lot of work ahead of me. It's like exciting work, like just dialing this thing in so that it's just like got exactly the voice that I have in my head. <clears throat> wow. Uh, it, it... So many questions as you were saying. So many questions as you were saying that. If you see me looking down with my pen, it's because I'm trying to write them down so I don't forget mm. them. But um, just the fact that you are, and I've seen you play on many, many a video, many a YouTube video, Facebook video, but also seen you live. You are a f fabulous player. Um, and I think that that has a big difference in... Um, dialing in that tone, dialing in that playability from that musician's point of view. In your bio on your site, you say that, you know, these are, these are guitars that are designed and built by a musician for musicians, which is is a rare thing to hear in, in this. There are, you know, you know, not that it's necessarily a bad thing and it's more of a, you know, that mathematical approach, which is absolutely, you know, fine and, and brilliant for that individual, who, who that individual who's, who's creating. But there is some, there isn't something special about it really coming from the heart, the hands, the head. You know, you are because you're dialing that in every guitar that you you play from from your, from that is you know that when you then next go to that next build, you've got that okay, that B string was just breaking through a little bit too much. Why was that? How do I how do I mitigate that for this build? Exactly. So the I'm, I've kind of got, got over that. And then, you know, once you then play it for the first time, you're either going to go, yes, I got it right. Or damn, I didn't quite get it right. You know, um, but it's like, you know, it, you know, good friend of both of ours, Jason, you know, phenomenal player. Um, and I think that it is, um, it does, it, it must, A, it must be amazing to play an instrument that you built for the first time, but also that refining process must be a big, um, a big a big plus well I think it kind of gives you a a language to think in um, I know I I've only built a couple of left-handed guitars um, but I I recently had a left-handed guitar that I made early in my career uh, come back for some work and after I completed the work on it I couldn't play it and it was the strangest feeling it's like I could see it I could hold it, but I couldn't play it because it was backwards. And, you know, I could sort of like go, okay, that would be an A chord and play that. And, but you can't, you can't work it. You can't put it through the paces. You can't hear what it's actually going to sound like in, in real time when you're playing it, like a, like a mirage, you know, it was, it was the strangest sensation. And it makes me very grateful that I do get the opportunity to, to play all up and down the neck on all of these things and, uh, and learn from that. Definitely. There's a great, if you ever get five minutes, there's a, is a, he's a friend of Teen Eggs and uh, he's been a, been a friend of mine for a while, a guy called Justin Sandico. And he, um, he's a guitar tutor online. He's got a, got a big following Australian guy. And he did this 
awesome thing where he wanted to to, to start again for his for his students. So mm-hmm. he turned the, so he spits, turned the guitar upside down and was just you know trying to learn how to play left-handed and it. Was, oh wow. It was amazing, amazing to see. Um, so yeah, no, I, I couldn't even imagine. I struggle playing the right way around, so I wouldn't even try and start playing it the wrong way around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and so uh, we, we've got, so that one that you've got behind us, um, that's our, am I right in thinking that is, that's, that's Brazilian rosewood with the very yes, so beautiful did. sapwood going through it. Yeah, that's right. Um. It's, it's it's a cool set. I um, it's, oh it's, you're not gonna be able to me. see it too well with the lighting here in my shop, but it's very dark, approaching. It's grayish black, but when you get when you see it in direct light, it has it has a lot of detail. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about Brazilian is how it lights up. You know, even mm-hmm. if you have a set that's almost pure black in low light, when you look at it in 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 a, well like sunlight, it's like wow, it just yeah. looks awesome. <laughs> yeah do you have a so, favorite do you have a favorite um sort of tone or, or go-to combination that you a your clients prefer or or that you like make you like working with or is it just a plethora of of um a mixed bag of all different types of tone woods? um i have that's like asking me if i have a favorite child i'll just have to <laughs> uh, enumerate the excellent qualities of various woods but uh I love Brazilian rosewood. I mean, I, I do think that it has a, a special quality that other woods don't have. And I recognize that a portion of that is probably psychological um, because I've made really, really amazing sounding instruments out of Indian rosewood, for instance, or uh, just other woods that aren't considered quite as holy. And, um, but there's something about uh, working with with Brazilian, the smell in the shop, the way it handles under uh, cutting tools, the way it looks, uh, the way it sounds when you're tapping it, it's just like, it's just primo material. But I also really like Indian Rosewood. I don't get very many orders for Indian Rosewood guitars. Um, I like Cocobolo. I like Koa. Um, I like Mahogany. I just yeah. built a straight old uh, Mahogany and Sitka nautilus that was just killer yeah. <laughs> and it was so light you know it was a, so i love i love wood i here's i love a good example of almost any species of wood that's that's what it comes down to love that i i yeah. mean I, yeah i mean i can I mean, we've got this we've got a nautilus coming in in uh in myrtle haven't we that's the next one we've got all yes yeah i'm really so excited Mert- Myrtle, and this will be a cool guitar because it's going to have, um, it's going to be sort of the North American guitar for the North American guitar. Cause yeah, I'm going to yeah. make it out of um, Myrtle, which is, uh, grows fairly near me up in Oregon and Northern California. I'm in Nevada, so not that far away. And the top is going to be made out of tunnel uh, 14 mm-hmm. redwood, which is uh, sort of my current sweetheart wood. Um, and I should I describe that? I don't, I, I don't know if many people know about its history. Yeah, it, um, it, it, it seems like it's a really, it's kind of a got a bit of a buzz at the moment, hasn't it? Tunnel forth. But you, you describe it. You describe it. Okay, well, I, 
I, um, so this man up in uh, uh, Ashland, Rod Lacoste, found out, uh, I think probably about 10 or 12 years ago, that the railway, the railway that had three tunnels going through the Siskiyou Mountains near his house was replacing the infrastructure in these tunnels, 13, 14, and 15, with steel and pulling out the redwood that had put, been put in there in the 1860s. So they, they blasted out these, these railway tunnels and they shorted it up with the handy material, which happened to be like 2,000 year old redwood trees from the nearby uh, redwood forests. Uh, when they pulled this out, of course, being a giant corporation, they didn't recognize its value and it was very ugly. But these timbers, like 10 feet long, and they're like 15 by 30, just giant, giant timbers. And they were sort of just like yanking them out and throwing them in a heap with an excavator and chipping them. <laughs> <laughs> and Rod found out about this and, and he went up there and he got permission to go onto their property and take what wood he could get, but he had to go through this incredibly difficult hike to get to it. Um, and he had to hike in with a, you know, sort of a pry bar and a chainsaw and this specially made backpack so he could walk out with these extremely heavy billets. And he managed to uh, save um, a good portion of this wood, not a ton, but but some. So it's it's a very limited source wood, but it's it's been sitting it's been, you know, it was felled 150 years ago, and then it's been sitting in these semi-dry conditions since then. And so Rod gets these billets and he splits them open and he, he really knows how to cut top wood. Cause when he says it's quartered, it's quartered and he's <laughs> silk all the way across the top. And some of it has, some of the wood has, uh, stains where there've been, you know, moisture has brought in minerals from the ground and others looks like it was cut out of a fresh tree. And um, I've selected, I've now got about 25 tops left and, and I've built about 15 guitars out of it. So wow. um, I'm totally into it. And this, this wood, when you, when you handle it, you can hear the music in the wood. It goes like it rustles and it's not just a dry, rustly sound it has like these chimey overtones in it when you set it on the the bench it goes ding 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 it's like totally magical so um and it's gorgeous and it's gorgeous and it's story it has this story which i love too so yes the guitar that will be at teenage um um will have myrtle for the back and sides which is a startlingly nice sounding wood with incredible figure and a redwood top. And I'm even considering putting a, mer a myrtle neck on it to try to keep it all North American. Oh yeah, love that. I, yeah. I, just, want, I just want to come and work in your shop with you and just be uh, an apprentice or just someone that makes you coffee because it sounds like you have so much fun every day. You know, I actually, it's, it's ridiculous how much I enjoy my job. Uh, it's just, it doesn't, I keep looking over my shoulder like this isn't really, legal is it like this, this i'm waiting for the other foot to fall yeah i just i mean i when, when i look at the clock and it's you know getting close to dinner time i'm disappointed because i have to stop working for the day and i mean i've been doing this for 12 years and it's like inspiring. yeah it's, it's ridiculous stuff. that really know. is yeah, yeah. it's um it is it's a it's a really, uh, I count my blessings every day on that one, for real.
Man, yeah, that's great. And and just tell me a bit your about your your band. So you you actually demo the guitars before they go out to customers. Is that right? Um, yeah, generally, uh, yes. I I try to do at least a solo demo of each guitar and put it on my Facebook page and on YouTube. Um, and that involves me sitting actually right where I am now, and just um, talking a little bit about the guitar playing a, a, a few phrases and uh, just letting people know sort of how, how it works. And then I have uh, my friend Brad uh, Jones and I, who was originally one of my customers and we discovered that we could play together. You know, he plays uh, mostly in drop tunings and fingerstyle, and he's like the drums and bass. And like, I play a, a capo up a lot and I play a lot of melodic stuff. So I'm sort of like the lead singer and uh, <laughs> And we, uh, we compose uh, duets together and it's been like really one of the most satisfying musical experiences of my life. We've been doing it for about seven or eight years now and we're called Frog and Toad. And, um, and we do a lot of videos and I gotta tell you, it's, it's super gratifying to, to make a guitar and then get to play it um, uh, on a tune that, you have helped compose and then have people respond to it so positively it's like yeah, that's totally that's, cool man yeah that's very cool so who's frog and who's toad well i'm i'm toad and uh he's frog and, and, and if anyone knows the 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 lobel series of books for kids and i i know that we haven't received a cease and desist order from from the the Lobel estate or anything, but I know we're sort of stolen that name, but we don't defile it in any way. But um, Brad's really super tall and skinny and bald, and I'm kind of short and wide and bald, and we just sort of have this like ridiculous disparity in the way we look. And we both have at at, at the time we we both had kids in the like five year old. Uh, kids and we've been reading that book and it's like we're frog and toad man i mean it's like we got to just play into this so yeah naturally i got stuck with being toad who is like the grumpy one who always starts trouble and gets into jams and stuff like that so i hope that that doesn't actually um isn't analogous to real life but that's where the name came from I'm going to buy the books and start reading them to my daughter that's it <laughs> oh if you haven't they're 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 awesome they're wonderful, gentle, uh, wise, funny books. I will definitely start doing that. Um, I just jumping back when you're saying about it's it, you you play an instrument that you've just built, and you explain it a little bit. I think that that's something that um, you know one of the things that we enjoy the most is you know raving about how incredible each individual instrument is and how incredible the luthiers are and story and but there's, there's nothing like hearing it from the loop. This is why I love doing these um, and just talking, talking, referring to an instrument that you're building at the moment, like hearing from a luthier's perspective of all of the nuances and the little things about this particular instrument that stands out. That's a great way to communicate that. So that when a customer may you know, come across one of these videos that you produce, they can say, oh, then I saw you and this this guitar and and this is what I'm looking for and, and you can say oh this will be the tone words and this will be what I would this is the model I would go for so that's that's a great addition right. to what you're what you're doing other than frog and toad obviously and it's and it strikes me that 
in this the modern day like luthier built instruments you're really forming a relationship with your customer it's more than you're not just cranking out a guitar and sending it off i mean i do have customers who are a little less uh, talkative than others <laughs> um but often when I'm building an instrument and in the months that precede the, the uh, start of the build, I get to know people pretty well and we communicate a lot. You know, that's something actually that I don't mind doing. And um, a lot of my, my former customers are now, I would consider my current friends, you know, I, I, um, which I think is a really cool thing, but it's an, it's an important aspect of this modern um, sort of guitar business model is that there's, it's more than just the instrument, it's a relationship and they wanna know that they're, you know, someone's getting their, the guitar made by somebody who really feels strongly about it and isn't some kind of nefarious villain and uh, is like, like putting his heart and soul into it because it is, uh, there's, something, there's something almost like personal and very intimate about discussing an instrument and how it's going to be. This is an object that's, that is an intimate thing. Like you hold it against your body. You spend a lot of time with it. Um, the whole, I'm not a terribly metaphysical person, but there's a, there's a certain amount of mojo in there that is undeniable. And, and, and whether this is just, you know, the manifestation of the, the psychology of, of the relationship that you've had with your builder, if you feel good about the whole thing from the initial contact to, uh, getting the guitar in the in the mail and undoing it, and then two years later, still playing it and going, "God, this thing is just developing." I mean, that's a very special thing that oh, you just yeah. don't you just don't get with a a factory or a secondhand instrument. So it's like the bespoke process is pretty sophisticated, a socially sophisticated uh, interaction. Oh yeah, I, I could not agree. I could not agree more. I mean, I think that taking somebody on that journey, just from our side as being that facilitator um, and watching someone go through that journey um, to hearing the, how happy they are on, upon receiving. What we love is when, when someone has come to us and has, and has ordered a bespoke slot and we then linked him with the Luthier and we, and, and Annie, the wonderful, amazing Annie does these great, beautiful build threads and she sends them over and there's this great dialogue between them. And then the guitar arrives and they say, oh no, can you send it to Teenag to give it the, give it the Teenag treatment of the photos and the video and then send it on to me. Right. And because they get to keep those, you know, that's like, that's their guitar, you know, played by whoever. Yeah. Um, and, just how excited they are when they receive that instrument that it's it's a it is a really emotional and magical um experience and i think that more and more people are you know almost not waking up to it that's the wrong expression but they are becoming more um it's the bespoke process I, I would say would be quite daunting to some guitar buyers but now it's like well yeah I, I want to go on that journey from from seeing the, the picture of the set to holding it in my hand yeah 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 I think some people are intimidated by it um because I, well for whatever reason you know maybe you're 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 entering the lair of someone who's uh supposedly an expert in a subject which you want to uh 
you want to be involved in and express opinions on shape to a certain extent. Um, so I think it can be daunting for customers to uh, to make the call to, to a luthier, but you know, I think most of us, I know I speak for myself when I say I really try to be as, uh, as uh, open and uh, just, you know, it's, it's a, when I didn't build guitars, it seemed like black magic to me. Like, how the heck can you build this? You know, it's like, how do you do that? And when you, you know, now that I build so many guitars, you know, and I, I really have a very um, workaday uh, feeling about the process which is, you know, I always tell people building a guitar is just a series of, of mechanical processes that, that have very specific parameters, but it, it's, they're just individual little steps and you put those together in the right order and you end up with a guitar. It is like not actually a dark art or anything. So I think when people enter that realm uh, as a builder, I try to be very, very sensitive to the, to the fact that some people might be uh, daunted and um, it should be a really fun process. It should be really fun from the get-go to the receipt of the instrument. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, which is why we like for the, when we're, when we're specking out instruments for um, the store, it's nice to give you that, like you were talking about the naughtiest uh, myrtle wood and in my mind put a put, might go for a myrtle neck and to give you that creative freedom where you can kind of just step away not have to be doing it for somebody else and just just build an instrument right um and we're we're um yeah we're excited about we're excited about getting that getting there both of those instruments in to the store and uh, firstly because they're they're the first ones that we've got in from the new series that's right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting your action. I, I think you'll <laughs> like them. <laughs> ben, last question, because I know it's, it's, it's getting, it's getting late here. Thank you for, um, for the, uh, being able to jump on tonight. I know that we, we kept mixing up our times some, somewhat, um, <laughs> but I know we finally, we finally got it. We now know that it is definitely eight hours. It's definitely eight hours. Eight, it's definitely eight hours. It's not seven. And it's not nine. It's definitely, definitely eight. Um, but we like to zip bracket it with mistakes yeah, yeah, on either side. I mean, come right? on. <laughs> um, so if you could, I don't know, it would be too cheesy a question, but if you could make two things, if you could make any guitar in the world with any combination in the world from your line, what would it be? You know, It'd probably be the next guitar I'm making, no matter what that is. Great answer. That is exactly, that is the best answer we've ever had. <laughs> I, 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 I won't make a guitar out of crummy wood. Like I'm just not ever gonna do that. So I like all the wood that I use and each of these, each species has its individual character. And although some are, are held in higher esteem than others, they're all just like, a, wood is just an amazing product period um and so i'm generally totally excited about whatever uh set of wood i have on my bench that i'm about to start gluing together amazing and who who if you could have your guitar in anybody's hands who would you love to who you, who you haven't yet heard playing one of your instruments anybody that you'd love to get in get in their hands 
Yeah, I would like Julian Lodge to play one of my guitars. Oh, man, because the way play. he plays would be perfect for an Aram. Like he has a fat, rich tone. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of my guitar hero. So yeah, Julian, that's who. Right. We're going to have to try to make that happen. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, listen, I just want to say that um, we are really proud to be working with you. And um, thanks for working with us. And thanks for creating such beautiful instruments. And um, I am so, I've enjoyed speaking with you so much on this podcast because having not hung out with you that much, I think that... Um, that's one of the great things about Zoom is, is you you get a snippet into your, your kind of world and your world looks like it's a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying so. And thanks for creating such a great marketplace, you know, and doing such an expert job of it. You know, it's really, it's nice to have my guitars represented in a place that's so like clearly on the ball. So <laughs> thank you very much. Well, I, I'd love to say it was me, but it's not, there's just lots of really well, you put, amazing you put together, people. <laughs> you put together an awesome team, you know, that's, that's great. We have, we've got an amazing, we have got an amazing team. Um, and uh, the, the thing that I love the most about Teenag is obviously we're all completely nutty about it, guitars, um, but also that we're all musicians at heart. Everybody, everybody right. it, within the company, everybody is a musician at heart. Um, right. So you're not just moving a commodity. You're like doing, you're, I mean, you're spreading the love. Right. Like when you talk about, when you talk about your work and how excited you are, I mean, I hope I'm, I hope I speak for everybody, but for me, it's exactly the same. You know, it is just when a new instrument arrives, it's like Christmas. And if you have five new instruments arrive in a day, it's like Christmas back to back. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Would be <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's like it's amazing, um, and uh, and also you know, you, you, like you were saying, you, we just we're so lucky in this industry because we get to make so many friends along the way, and everybody from customers to luthiers to um, all different sorts of suppliers, uh, you, you you grow these great relationships. So we're we're very appreciative of that as well. Agreed. Had to, it always ends up getting a little bit gushy at the end of these conversations, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, have a great well, I'm, rest I'm of your hugging, day. Yeah, hug, hug the camera. The, there, the, uh, there you go. The posted stamp-sized <laughs> version of you. There. Um, well, listen, have a great rest of the day, and uh, yeah, we can't wait to, to, to get that first instrument in, and um, we'll be giving it the full teenage treatment as soon as she arrives. Sweet. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll- From one Ben to another. From one Ben to another, we will once, we'll have this turned around pretty quickly and we'll have it up on the site, you know, super fast and we'll be promoting um, the Aram very quickly. Ben, have a great rest of the day. Same to you, Ben. Take care. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. For more information on the world's finest guitars, please visit our website at thenorthamericanguitar.com.